0: Side Hustle Show 158, how to find your first Amazon FBA private label product. These are tips from a seven-figure Amazon seller.
1: Welcome to the Side Hustle
0: Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality, because your nine-to-five may make you a living, but your five-to-nine makes you alive. And now, your host, Nick Loper. What's up? What's up? Nick Glover here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where it's all about ideas, action, and results. This week is part two of a back-to-back punch of Amazon FBA lessons. Last week, we heard from Asad Siddiqui, uh, a part-time Amazon seller who took his retail arbitrage business from zero to six figures in less than a year. And today, I'm joined by Greg Mercer, an Amazon seller doing 400 grand a month in revenue, yes, per month, Uh, We're going to chat private labeling and his criteria for finding your first private label product. In addition to Greg's successful e-commerce empire, he's also the founder of Jungle Scout, an Amazon product research tool. It's kind of like Longtail Pro is for keyword research. It's just something that can make your life a lot easier when evaluating potential products. So grab a pen and paper because Greg is about to get really specific on the exact categories he likes for newbies and the concrete metrics uh, he uses to determine if a product idea is worth pursuing or not. And if you're not in a position to take notes, no worries at all. Just remember to head over to sidehustlenation.com slash jungle to download a free PDF highlight reel with all of Greg's top tips from this episode. Ready? Let's do this.
1: You know, before I was always scared kind of learning about like, say like niche sites, or like some of these other like online type ways to make money. Cause like I didn't, I wasn't sure if I had like the technical experience, whereas Amazon is like super easy to do. You know, anyone with a little bit of research can get started on it and, you know, can likely be very successful. So yeah, it's a great opportunity.
0: I was going to stop you for a second, because I'm glad you mentioned niche sites. And so we've seen, you know, if you've been following like the internet entrepreneur world, you know, for several years, you know, as the, the niche site thing and app development and Teespring and, you know, the FBA business, definitely the hottest side hustle of the moment. Like, do you see it having longevity or is it played out? Like, what do you, what's your take on where this business is going?
1: So in my personal opinion, I think even the US Amazon store still has like a few years of it being like a, just an incredible opportunity. I mean, right now it's super hot. But the really cool thing that excites me also is while the US Amazon store has been around for a while, you know, Amazon's expanding to all these other countries, and then all of a sudden they have a really young, like kind of like untapped marketplace starting there. So like the next one would probably be like the UK and then Germany starting to get really big, and then you know, Canada and Mexico. And kind of, we'll talk about it a little bit on the show today. But you know, since you're shipping to their distribution centers in those countries, it's you know, easy, it doesn't matter where you live in the world, you could sell in the US store or one of the other marketplaces. So, I personally do think it has a lot of longevity left in it. I think it's going to be a good opportunity for years to come.
0: Okay, I mean, e commerce only continues to grow. I do very little shopping online. I imagine many of my peers are the, are the same way, or very little shopping in stores. I imagine many of my peers are the same way. And even as e-commerce matures in the States, you know, it's still growing. It still has lots of room to grow everywhere else. And and I think it's important to, to point out that this is a business you can run from anywhere. Greg is running this business currently from the beach in Brazil, it sounds like. So a pretty cool opportunity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the Amazon business that I currently kind of like take place in is what, what a lot of people are calling like a private label uh, opportunity or white label opportunity. So, what I'm doing now and what works really well is I am purchasing units from a factory, usually in China. I'm putting my particular brand name or label on them and then selling them currently in the US Amazon store what i'm not doing is other people are doing this is like going out to local stores buying clearance items and selling them on amazon or i'm not anymore purchasing from wholesalers say for instance like black and decker like these you know already well known name brands and reselling that type of stuff on amazon so i'm actually like creating my own brand and selling on amazon okay and the major advantage of that is then you control the listing on Amazon. So unlike eBay, where even if 100 people are selling the exact same product, that's all going to be on the, the same listing as opposed to a whole bunch of different listings like it would have been on eBay or is on eBay. So if you have your own listing, then you can control the price, the pictures, and you can you know, put forth effort into making that a better listing.
0: So, my experience with FBA so far is what you described is this like retail arbitrage, like going to the local store, trying to find stuff for cheap that's, that's worth more online. And I've been kind of going through a little bit of product research for like, okay, what could I, like, if I want to break into private label, what's my next move? Like, where do I, how do I figure out, you know, what would be a good product to, to try and sell?
1: Yeah, so there's a few different things. Keep in mind, since these items will, you know, be manufactured overseas, likely in China, that has a lot to do with the type of items that you know uh, are good candidates for this type of model. So some of the things that I personally look for is I like to find small and lightweight items, and I like to find items that fit in the size of like a shoebox. The lighter, the better, and you know I'm usually not going to sell stuff if it's over more than like a few pounds, and that's not only from shipping from China to the States, but also, you know, Amazon's gonna charge you higher fees if they're shipping a heavier item. I look for something that's simple and not easily breakable. So again these items, you know, keep in mind they're being shipped all the way from China. If it's an item like, say, like a glass vase, like the chances of that being broken, you know, being shipped all the way here and then to Amazon and to the customer is a lot higher than something, say, if it's like made of like silicone or we just launched a product like bamboo marshmallow sticks, you know. It's like those are really difficult to break, right, unless this box gets like snapped in half. Okay. So I look for something simple, not easily breakable, not a lot of moving parts, Again, if it's say like a cuckoo clock, um, you know, that has like tons of moving parts and the chances of that breaking or not being manufactured to the right tolerances are a lot higher and you have a lot more like quality control or quality assurance issues. Whereas again, if, if it's just something really simple, it's like hard to mess up, hard to break. And then I also look for items that are gonna sell for about like 20 to $50 I found my sweet spot. Okay. The reason for that, if it's too inexpensive, there's just not enough room to profit. Like if I'm selling like a twelve dollar item, Amazon's probably going to take like four dollars of that in fees. Uh, that leaves me eight dollars. You know, by the time I order something from Amazon, ship it in, it's going to be at least a few dollars, three, four dollars. So you just have to sell a lot of units if you're only making you know a few dollars profit on each one. Whereas if you're making ten or fifteen or twenty dollars profit on each one by selling the same amount of units it's just a lot easier to, you know, make good money. Okay. And then a couple other just little things I look for definitely want to avoid any type of like patented products or licensed products, or I should say not licensed products. For instance, if it has, you know, like your NFL team logo on it, but it's not legitimately licensed, you know, you don't want to sell that. And then I also stay away from items that are like potential high liabilities. So like easy to like cut you or burn you or whatever and that kind of thing so those are you know all those criteria I just whenever those are all the things that I look for when I'm looking for a good product to sell uh, using the private label model
0: cool so there's there's definitely a sweet spot in there that that fits in the shoe box uh, 20 to 50 bucks and it's not going to burn somebody <laughs> not going to cut somebody like with the um, marshmallow roaster example like was that something that you invented or just like how did you come upon uh, that one
1: yeah, good question. So it's not at all. We launched this product publicly. If you go to our blog, you can kind of follow along with it a little bit. But it all they are uh, legitimately just bamboo sticks, three feet long, with a little point at the end. It's a pack of 110 of them, and so we didn't invent this. You know, it's just a bamboo stick that you put a marshmallow on. Okay. Um, it's selling for 28 bucks, and it's pretty cool. You know, we just launched it. I think it's a few days over a month because we did a 30 day update a few days ago, and we sold like. 245 units the first month, which is usually like your slowest month. So it's pretty good at like roughly eight bucks profit each one, you know, you can do the math, and it's like, that's, you know, over $2,000 in profit the first month, which is pretty cool. But to find those items, yeah, again, like I'm not inventing these items. These are items that are already being manufactured. You know, I'm not like having to create a mold for these items or, you know, send over like drawings that I did. These are items that are already being manufactured by factories. You just have to locate the opportunities, find, you know, the factory and then so on.
0: Okay. So I'm on the Jungle Scout uh, blog and you can read about uh, the Jungle Sticks is the uh, brand name you created for the <laughs> uh, marshmallow roasters. Yep. Perfect. Well, let's dive into that. So if I okay, do I start my search on Amazon, like I'm looking for product inspiration on Amazon itself because that's how I'm going to know what's moving already.
1: Yeah, that's. That's exactly right. So I personally, I have like an engineering background. I'm a big fan of just like going by the numbers, by the data, as opposed to like gut feeling of what I think is going to be like the next hot product, you know? So I don't try to reinvent the wheel. I just want to sell what's like already selling well and what people on Amazon are already searching for, right? So that's how we found this or that's how to find other products is I'm just looking for items that are already, there's already a lot of demand on Amazon. Because keep in mind, I'm not like driving outside traffic to these listings or anything. These people are all just searching on Amazon, finding my item and buying it. So I want to find items that people are already searching for, yet there's not too much competition that I can still get ranked up there in the, the top few items.
0: Do you start by like, hey, I've got a favorite category I want to get into, or here's a product uh, niche? Like if I'm into cars, like would I start in automotive? Or you know, where, where do you start this search for brainstorming?
1: Yeah, so if you... Wanted to start by a category. There's a few categories I kind of recommend for beginners. You don't have to live and die by these at all. They're just pretty like beginner friendly. And those are like sports and outdoors, home and kitchen, patio, lawn and garden, and pet supplies. So you could start in those. Amazon also has a best section. So if you just Google Amazon bestsellers, it'll show you all of the best sellers in each category. Okay. The thing you want to do though is you want to click into like the subcategories. So if you were to search that and then I was to click on like sports and outdoors, right there on the first page, it shows me like the top 25 items in sports and outdoors. Well, those are gonna be like super competitive because those are so popular. But if I click on some of the subcategories on the left-hand side, I can kind of niche down into some sub or sub sub categories, and then you start finding items that, you know, these are still selling hundreds and hundreds a month. They're just not as competitive as some of them. So that's one good place to look. Another good place is, I like to call it kind of like spying on other sellers. So you can find other sellers that are doing this model, kind of look into some of their products to get inspiration. And then, of course, you know, as the creator of Jungle Scout, this is kind of, I guess to give you a little background, scaling my own Amazon business, this was the hardest part coming up with the product ideas. After you find a good product, the rest of it's like fairly straightforward. So, you know, that is also why we created Jungle Scout. And it has it's a huge help with product research. It is a product research tool. And then I don't want to plug it too much, but you know, you can do different filters to help you find uh, product ideas in there as well. Plug away, I think it's a, it's a really valuable tool. So we'll get to that in the end.
0: When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. So if I'm going into these uh, subcategories, the first couple that I see are like, you know, men's and women's clothing. Is there a sort by bestsellers here?
1: So to get there, the easiest way is just to Google Amazon bestsellers and then click the top result. And then once you're there, it should show you uh, Amazon bestsellers there at the top. Okay. And then that'll be ranked. I think there's 20 items per page and there's five pages. So it's like the top hundred for each category or subcategory.
0: Gosh, number one bestseller is Cards Against Humanity. These guys are just, insane. <laughs> that's insane.
1: They really are. That is, that's quite the business. So,
0: sports and outdoors. Okay. And then, okay. So, this brings up like some ski goggles. And then there's some other uh, subcategories here fan shop, outdoor recreation, sports and fitness.
1: Okay. Yep. So, that's a good way to come up with product ideas. And then, let me also say, So, you know, you can come up with lots of product ideas. You said you saw ski goggles there, uh, some other things. If you were to write all these down, you know, then I'm sure what your listeners are thinking, like, okay, well, how do I know which one of these to choose, right? Mm -hmm. Like you said, you want uh, items with lots of demand and not too much competition, but how do you know? Amazon gives us one really valuable piece of information for each product, and it's called the sales rank, for those ski goggles, for example, you know they probably have a sales rank in sports and outdoors is say like 100. So what you can do is there's a few tools to do this. Jungle Scout is one that's completely free. You just go to junglescout.com slash estimator or it's on the homepage under the free resources. You can plug in that sales rank. So it's like a sales rank of 100 and it will tell you how many units that's selling each month. So a sales rank of 100 in sports and outdoors is probably like 2,500 units a month. It's completely free, you can just go there and type in whatever you want. And what I look for is, I like to see a demand of about 3,000 units in a niche, okay? So if we were to, again, just search Ski Goggles on Amazon search bar, you know, we're gonna see the first page of results. I like to see like in those top like 10 items or so, if I were to add up the amount of sales for each one of those products in the top 10, I like to see a total demand if I were to add all those up of about 3000 units. And what I've found is that's the, me personally, I shoot for a goal of 10 units a day or about 300 a month. And I've found if there's already enough demand there that it's selling like 3000 units through Amazon, that that'd be an item that I'd want to go for. And that, I could likely sell the 300 units a month that you know is what I shoot for. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. So if you're drilling down to these subcategories, you find it's something that meets that criteria—the small, lightweight, twenty, fifty-dollar price point—then you are using the estimator tool to plug in their sales rank to say, okay, how many units are they moving? It's a it's a daily estimate.
1: Uh, that gives you a monthly estimate. Okay.
0: Okay. So you're trying to find, and then you search the top ten for that item, or just search that item, and then. Uh, plug in the top 10 results and see how many combined units they're selling.
1: Yep, and that's just the rule of thumb I use. Of course, again, you don't have to live and die with it, but I found it works really well, you know, if you're shooting for the same thing as I am of about 10 items a day.
0: If you find that the demand is way higher than 3,000, is that a good sign or a bad sign?
1: Yeah, so I guess that kind of brings me to like my next step is the first thing I look at is, is there enough demand, Right. So, more than 3,000 units is good, but now we also want to find something that's not too competitive, right? Okay. So, on some of the items, like let's say, like garlic press, you'll probably find the demand is like 10,000 items. However, it's really hard to get ranked on that first page because it's too competitive. So, for this, the rule of thumb that I use, I like to find someone in the top five results. So again, if I were to search ski goggles or garlic press, you know, I'm just looking at this, the first items that come up there. I like to see someone in the top five results have under 100 reviews. And I like to see multiple people in the top 10 have under 100 or even under 50 reviews, okay? So the less amount of reviews means it's usually like a little bit of a younger, like less developed type niche, and it's not as competitive to get in there. So if I search for an item and the top 10 results all have like 300, 500, 800, 1,000 reviews, that's what tells you that that's really competitive. That's really like a mature keyword or mature niche. So that's a really like difficult one to ever get ranked into. So that's how you kind of find that sweet spot. You're looking for something that has enough demand but not too much competition yet.
0: And these unicorns, uh, they still exist?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: <laughs> okay, so th- no, this is actually really good criteria to try and... This is to prevent you from like making a wholesale order, making a manufacturing order, and potentially getting burned, like, and not being able to sell that because it's like, hey, look, this is too competitive. I can't get enough attention. If my tra- if I'm gonna rely on Amazon for, like, this internal search traffic, like, then then I'm in trouble.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's that's the criteria I use that's worked out really well for me, and I know thousands of others, so.
0: What's next? Say so you find something that looks good based on this criteria or a product category that looks good based on this ki- criteria are you? Is your next step to like head over to Alibaba and see
1: who's making it? Yeah, that's exactly right. So, for instance, when we did our uh, marshmallow sticks, all I did next was I went over to Alibaba. I searched for bamboo sticks or like bamboo skewers or something, and you'll find that like almost anything you could ever imagine is on Alibaba. It's crazy. The first time I searched this, I remember like my mind was just blown. <laughs> These are all factories around the world, mostly in China, that are creating this stuff. And then this is just how they advertise that, you know, that they're a factory that makes that item. So, you know, if you search if I went on there and searched the marshmallow sticks or bamboo sticks, there was like probably like a hundred factories that make bamboo skewers or bamboo like chopsticks or bamboo, whatever. And these are the type of factories that already have the machinery and the raw materials and all that kind of stuff to make bamboo sticks. Okay. If I was searching for like garlic press or ski goggles, again, you'd see, like if I were to search ski goggles, there's probably like hundreds of results. (laughs) And then again, those are the factories that already have the molds and the resources and the tools and everything to make uh, that item.
0: Okay. Like just on the ski goggle thing, would that one stress you out? Cause that's kind of like a brand loyal thing. Like there's a lot of big marketing budgets between, you know, the top sellers there.
1: Yes. I do go for items that are like have less brand loyalty right so like i usually stay away from like clothing items like for instance like my bamboo sticks like who cares who makes your bamboo yeah, sticks yeah, right <laughs> but you know if it's like a t-shirt it's like oh, i probably want like the under armor one not the knockoff one right
0: so you have been doing your keyword search over there in the past i've been recommended like okay make sure they're a gold supplier make sure they have like escrow enabled or something like do you have any criteria like when we're trying to narrow down these
1: suppliers What I normally do is I I have just like a little template I use that just like introduces myself. I say what I'm interested in. I ask some basic questions like do they have an MOQ, what the pricing is. Like if I'm making custom packaging, I can ask them about that. And then I'll just copy and paste that same template, send it to like a ton of suppliers, like 10 or 20 or however many I can find. And what you'll find a lot of times is a lot of them don't email you back right away or their English is really poor. And, you know, right off the bat, you know, it'd be really difficult communicating with them. And these are all things that you can kind of rule them out right away. Or some people might say, you know, yeah, we have the bamboo sticks, but you have to order a whole container full at a time. Like the minimum order quantity is like a million. It's like, okay, well, like we're not a good fit. You know, I'm looking for smaller orders than that. So even if you email, like say 10 or 20 factories Right away, it's usually narrowed down to like three, four, five. You know, they seem good to work with. They seem legitimate, that kind of thing. So the next step from there would be to get a sample from these factories. So to do that, you know, they're all used to creating sample orders. Be prepared to pay quite a bit more for shipping than what you are for the product. Even if the product's only like five bucks, it might cost 30 40 $50, you know, to ship it from China. But I do recommend getting the samples because it's pretty important, I think, to, before you order a large quantity to get a sample in and kind of see their workmanship for that type of item.
0: At this point, are you asking for any like tweaks or, or your own improvements to the product at all? Or are you just saying, hey, you know, I see that you're making bamboo sticks. Can you send me a couple to look at?
1: Yeah, it's a good point. So, like, on one of my items, I. Upgraded it because I saw there's a lot of bad reviews it had like a plastic buckle on it I saw a bunch of reviews that said like the plastic buckle always breaks So I asked them, you know, like do you have any other buckles you can use? So for that particular item I wanted to see like the metal buckle that I wanted not the crappy plastic buckle that I knew I didn't want, you know So like for instance that item I waited for them They didn't make metal buckles So they had to order those from a different factory and then make me a sample and then ship that to me so I didn't like create this metal buckle myself. This is like a just a standard made metal buckle, you know what I mean? So again, I'm not like inventing this product. I just asked them to switch it out for something a little more heavy duty. But if you're just doing like custom packaging, a lot of the times they aren't able to make just like one box for you to send you the sample in. So a lot of times what I'll do with that is I'll just get the sample in without my custom packaging and then ask before they like do the big run i'll just ask them like take a whole bunch of pictures of like the first box that comes off the line just to make sure that it doesn't have any defects or misprints or whatever before i tell them to go ahead and make like hundreds of them
0: how many samples do you typically get
1: if it's like a larger item like my say for instance my bamboo sticks they're pretty like big and long i will just ask for like one sample or like one pack i had this other item it was just like really small and it was really cheap they're only like a quarter each those items, I was like, go ahead and just send me like 10 of them, you know, just so I can, if you have 10 of them, it's probably a little bit easier to spot like their workmanship. Whereas if you only have one, you know, it's like, well, they probably could have just picked like the, the very best one. So it just depends like how big the item is, you know, more is obviously better than less, but at some point it's like, okay, it's getting too expensive. If I have like two or three factories that all seem good to work with, I'll go ahead and order samples from those two or three factories. So from multiple different factories
0: and when you get them, you're looking for quality of, of workmanship. You're looking for like, you know, what was the communication process with these people? Like someone has has advised me, like, don't, don't ever like do Alibaba contact from your main email. Cause like you're going to get spammed. So are you setting up like a separate account for that stuff?
1: That is a good point. I forgot about that. They're persistent. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, they're salespeople. Yeah. I, I do have like kind of a, a junk email that I use. And then once I establish a relationship and I'm working with a factory, I'll be like, hey, can you just start emailing me at this email address? So I do recommend that. Just, you know, make a new Gmail account and you can start contacting them through there.
0: Are you you when you email? Like Will um, Mitchell from uh, Startup Bros is like, be the secretary, like never be the boss.
1: Yeah, I probably wouldn't sign it like... CEO or president or whatever, especially if it's your first one, because then you always have a little bit of like, well, let me ask my boss or something that I always, you know, I actually say this quite a bit. I'm like, you know, I really like working with you. However, my boss doesn't agree with that pricing. Like, what else can you do with me? You know, I really want to order through you guys, but he just won't, you know, he won't go for that price. There are some advantages with not being, you know, the high man on the totem pole. Also, if you're just a beginner, And maybe if you ask kind of like silly questions or whatever, they'd probably be like, oh, well, this is just kind of like a secretary or he's just starting or whatever.
0: Build yourself in a little bit of a a safety buffer there, not being the VIP. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time So, so once you get your samples, what what comes next? Do you inspect them and say they're good? Do you try and sell them? Or do you say, or do you go back and say, okay, now I'd like to move forward with, with another order or with a bigger
1: order? Yeah, I don't even sell my uh, samples. I just hang on to them. But yeah, the next step, if you're happy with the samples, uh, they're what you're looking for. They seem, you know, like satisfactory quality. At that point, I would start talking to the factory about a larger order. This is also like a pretty good time to negotiate on pricing. You know, you could say, at this point, they know you're serious. You know, you paid 50 bucks or whatever to get a sample from them. You tell them you like the sample, you're satisfied with their quality. This is actually when I go back and say, if I need better pricing or want better pricing, this is usually when I have that discussion with them. And then after that, you uh, place the order. So the one thing that we need to keep in mind, you know, since we are like white label or private labeling this item, we need something to differentiate ourselves from other people who might be ordering from this factory and selling on Amazon as well. So that could be as simple as a sticker or a label on the item. That could be a custom high-end packaging or so forth. If you wanna keep it really simple and just do you know, like the label, this is like what we did on our jungle sticks that we ordered. They're just in a plastic bag and we just have a a jungle sticks label on it. It it has a little uh, s'mores recipe on it. I'll take credit for that. <laughs> Other than that, it just has a you know like a an FN SKU barcode, which is what Amazon uses, and that's it. That's that's a really simple one. On the opposite end of the spectrum, you know, like I have a few items that are like a little bit like higher end items, and I've actually like made like nice boxes to put those in, like. They remind me, you know, like when you buy like an iPhone, right, it's in like a really like high quality box. It's like before yeah. you open it up, it's like, man, I know this is going to be nice. <laughs> like on the opposite end of the spectrum, I've like done boxes like that.
0: You could go either way, but this is a requirement, especially if you're going to be like it needs to be labeled as your own as your own brand, like come up with some right. logo, come up with some you know brand messaging. Does the factory do that stuff for you? Like, hey, we will make the box for you. or do You have to kind of coordinate between a couple different suppliers.
1: Yeah. So the factory, they're not going to do the design work for you, but a lot of times what they will do is they'll give you, or they'll always do this. They'll give you a, a template of a box that they're already using. So it would just be like an outline in like Adobe Illustrator format. Okay. And then what I recommend, and you know, unless you're really good at this is just to hire someone like off Upwork for a small fee and just have them design the packaging for you.
0: You won't want the factory designing the packaging. That's not their, you know, that's not their bread and butter.
1: Right. So yeah, it probably wouldn't turn out very good. And I don't even think most of them kind of like offer that service. It's just expected that you do that, you know, kind of on your own.
0: Are they doing the barcoding for you? Or is there like special, you know, you got to order barcodes from Amazon? Or how does that part of the process work?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. So this is always kind of like a part of confusion for people. So to make it simple, let me just say this. You want the FN SKU barcode on it which you get from Amazon okay so after you set up a listing on Amazon it doesn't have to be like live on their actual website yet there's just a process you go through to set it up you can like print out a FN SKU barcode and that's going to be the one you want to put on your packaging because that way you don't have to like label any of the packaging when it comes like You know, if you put the FN SKU number on it, you could literally, if you want, ship directly to Amazon or you could ship to your house, open the box, it looks good, and you reseal it and send it in. You don't have to like label it anymore once, you know, you place your order.
0: Okay. So you're actually kind of creating this listing to generate the SKU where you have the stuff in your possession.
1: Yeah. And you can just kind of do like, it just takes like a few minutes. You can kind of just kind of put like dummy data in there, you know, like I could just start a title that said marshmallow sticks, not have any description, no photos, just hit like submit and then print out the FN SKU barcode.
0: For somebody starting out, what what would be a typical investment? Like, you know, to bring something from nothing to market.
1: You know, I'm a big fan of just like getting started and whatever it takes, you know, so like me personally now I'm ordering my first orders are always a thousand units But that's because I was always finding that I was running out of stock with orders of like 500, like 250 or whatever. However, if that number scares you, you know, like it's like if this is your first time, this isn't like a proven model to me yet. Just order whatever you feel comfortable with, you know, if that's 100 or 250 or whatever. One thing to keep in mind is most factories, especially if they're doing custom packaging for you, are going to take at least – 20, 25, 30 days to create your order. Summer as high as like 45 or more if it's like a really busy time of the year. So, you know, if all goes well and you're selling your 10 or your 15 a day or so, you know, even if I place an order the day my first shipment from the factory arrived, I'm already gonna sell like 500 units by the time I could get that next shipment in from the factory, you know what I mean? So that's why personally I always order a 1,000 now but like, right, like I'm saying, if that scares you, just, you know, you can order whatever you feel comfortable with. Okay. Gotcha. So there's,
0: there's a little bit of lead time. Have you ever seen like in this, in between time that the market conditions change to the point where you're like,
1: Oh God, I wish I didn't order those thousand. Um, no, i probably the only time that would happen is if you pace like a really like seasonal type item. So like if I did like Christmas lights, You know, back in like October, November, those were probably really hot. If they didn't get to you till after Christmas, you know, there's probably no market anymore. But if you pick an item that's not very seasonal, I've personally never seen that really happen.
0: Shouldn't have to worry too much about that in the 30-day window. Yeah. Are you shipping to your place or like to Amazon directly?
1: My first order, at least, I'll always ship to me. After that, there are freight forwarding services you can use. We personally use Flexport. So what we can do is we can ship to them and they can forward it to Amazon so we never actually have to like touch or see the product. But the first shipment, we always get sent to us. We open it up, we inspect it. We make sure, you know, everything's of satisfactory quality and you got what you ordered and everything else.
0: Have you you ever had a case where it wasn't or like the labels were messed up or the quality sucked or, or something like that?
1: Yeah, so I've never been like totally burned like they just haven't shipped it or something like that. But I have had like a few little hiccups but keep in mind like I'm ordering tons of tons of product every month like you know in December I sold like 25,000 products or something so but I have had orders that will like one for instance it looks like they put them in the master carton like right after they printed the box so it was kind of like the boxes kind of rubbed off on each other you know like the ink so that didn't oh, look okay. very good or like some other like little things like that but my experience with it is like the factories have been pretty good about working with me on it like that one shipped me all new boxes like packaging so like it sucked because we had to like take it out of the old box and put it in the new one but i mean it wasn't like the end of the world you know i wouldn't let little things like that like scare you from getting started
0: well what else uh did you people not need to know i think this has been an awesome deep dive into kind of getting uh getting off the ground with this and, and greg i thank you for joining me yeah, I understand you've got a
1: special Jungle Scout offer for Side Hustle Nation. I do. Yeah, as we kind of mentioned, Jungle Scout, you know, it's, you know, it makes the product research so much easier. A few of the things, you know, we've like, we've kind of rebuilt Amazon's catalog in our own database. And you can filter by all the kind of the criteria we've been talking about, you know, through the podcast so you can you know only filter out the items that sell 300 a month or more and that don't have very many reviews and that are relatively small and we've actually even done like other cool things like we have like a listing quality score so we grade everyone's listings so you can even say like only show me the items that are selling well even though they have a crappy listing um, so those oh, okay. are like really good gems you know yeah we even you know we have like a little chrome extension that inside the Amazon store you can click it and it gives you all the Relevant information you need to know about those products, like how many uh, units they sell each month, the demand, how much the FBA fees are, all those types of things. So it really speeds up your product research, kind of as we were talking about, as it gets a little bit more competitive. You know, it's much easier to find the good items on Amazon using it. But, you know, even if you don't, you can also use either the free tool we talked about earlier or just, you know, the other stuff we talked about during this podcast. But if you're, are interested in you want to find out more i'm going to give your listeners a little bit of a discount nick so they can get it at uh junglescout.com slash shn for side hustle nation so junglescout.com slash shn that's a tongue twister
0: <laughs> thank you for that greg i think it's a really cool tool it definitely speeds up this product a lot like the other tools uh, that are out there right it's like you can do your you know google keyword research for free or you can use long tail pro you can you know make your landing pages yourself or you can use lead pages it's like another tool to kind of you know speed up that learning curve or that process a little bit i like the idea of like hey just use these filters instead of like doing the needle in the haystack uh, for all these (laughs) like okay i want to find something that's 300 units or you know under 50 reviews okay let's just use these little uh, toggles and, and do that
1: yeah i think most people find it really you know money really well spent if you Unless maybe if you just have like tons of extra time, you know, if you are someone that has like a full-time job, you know, trying to do this in the nights and the weekends, it's almost a no-brainer, I think. Well, I love how the
0: software business is a side hustle for you on top of the product business, so that's um – you, you qualify for the Side Hustle Show.
1: <laughs> Maybe that'll well, another show I'll talk with your listeners about starting up a software business.
0: Perfect. We'll be, we'll be back to talk about that next year. I love it. Greg, thanks so much for joining me. We'll uh, wrap it up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation.
1: Number one tip is just to get out there and to get started. I, myself, was, I feel like, in the, the shoes of a lot of your listeners, I think. Uh, just a few years ago, Nick, so I know it's exactly what it's like. You know, I was, like, listening to all these podcasts and trying to read as much as I could. But at some point, you know, you just have to start taking action. Even you know, just, like, you know, little baby steps at a time, like starting to look for a product on Amazon or, you know, whatever side hustle you're choosing. You know, little steps at a time. Then you can find a factory, uh, get your sample, and so on. Don't get discouraged by little bumps along the road, and, you know, I don't think you'll ever look back. It's a great opportunity. This re- the, the whole Amazon thing is, and there's lots of other ones too. I think you just need to get out there and take action on it.
0: Sounds good to me. Just get started one step at a time. And, you know, just in time learning, you'll figure it out as you go.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely right. Great. Thanks so much, man.
0: We'll, uh, we'll catch up with you soon. All
1: right. It's been fun, Nick. Thanks again for having me on.
0: Alrighty, what did you guys think of that conversation with Greg? I love the specific metrics and the search filters that he mentioned, and hopefully it gives you some criteria and direction to use when when doing your own private label product research. I think it's a really cool side hustle, and, and was grateful for him to share all of his uh, insight um, towards that. Now it was interesting for me to hear nearly the same advice at the end that a son gave us last week uh, and that was just to get started. Like no one is an expert at the beginning but you learn as you go and you figure out ways around the obstacles as they come up. And I want to share that all the notes and links from this episode are at sidehustlenation.com jungle and while you're there you'll also see an option to download the free PDF uh, highlight reel document with all Greg's top tips to get started as a private label seller. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, Let's go out there, make something happen, and I'll see you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.